All right, my name is George Kenworthy. Uh, I'm the surf pastor here at Waisata Free. To uh, my right is Andrea Habeisen. She's our uh, worship and uh, prayer pastor. This is Bruce Drugsma, community connecting pastor. So I'm going to turn it over to Bruce. So somebody once asked me uh, if I could go into the Bible and pick any conversation, any scene to relive, which one would I pick? And I don't know that I could pick one episode, but this would be in the top. This would be in my top five, might be my number one. To be able to be on that road to Emmaus with those disciples when Jesus shows up and walks them through the scripture and opens God's word, starting in Moses, and walks them through um, all that the scriptures say concerning himself. And so I, it's, it's, a, it's a part of the Easter story that we forget took place on Easter Sunday. You know, as the disciples share the story with Jesus, who they don't realize is Jesus, and they're explaining to him what has gone on, they say, this morning... They went to the tomb and nobody was there and we don't know what to do with this information. And so we forget that this, sometimes, that this story takes place on Easter Sunday. So we're going to jump back a little bit into the Easter story, this part of it, um, and we're going we're to open our Bibles. We're going to be in Luke 24 where this story takes place. So if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it in Luke 24, starting in verse 13. And I'm going to read starting in, in verse 13 of Luke 24. Now that same day, Two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? And then the story goes on, and for the next several verses, they give their version of events, of what happened, that, that Jesus came, and, and, and he died on the cross, and, and they, they buried him in a tomb, but now they're saying the tomb is empty, and they give this retelling of the story, And then Jesus responds, starting in verse 25. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he, looked be- he, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And I love this story. I love this story. And, and I already shared, I think we sometimes forget that it's the Easter story. And I know that if I was Jesus in that scenario, I would have a really hard time keeping a straight face as I walked along the road with these disciples. Hearing them talk about himself and hearing their concern and their confusion and, and all of that and, and looking at them and going, how do you not get it? 
And, and it's easy for me to say that now because we know it was Jesus. We know what happened. I can, I can sympathize, empathize with the disciples walking on the road. The confusion, the downcast faces, the fear. But I think we get a glimpse here of Jesus' joy and his love and his compassion. And I think we get a little bit of a, Jesus turns to them and goes, duh, did you not know this was supposed to happen? I mean, we can look back and we see time after time after time after time where Jesus tells them this is what's going to happen and they don't seem to get it. And, and so I think he looks at them and I almost picture him grinning a little bit and going, didn't you know all this was going to happen? Despite everything going on around, I think we see Jesus' joy. Despite everything going on around us, we also have a lot to be joyful in, a lot to be joyful for. So we're going to take some time this morning. We're going to pray together as a congregation. So uh, we're going to guide you in that prayer time a little bit. But let's start with this. Let's pray a prayer of joy. Kevin talked about this last week, the song of joy that they sang after crossing the, the sea. So here's what we're going to pray. We're going to take a minute. God is our joy. Pray for the joy for those in situations that feel hopeless. Pray for those separated from family in the hospital to find joy. Pray for those working endless hours in hospitals for them to find joy in their work. So let's take one minute and and pray for joy. And look at Jesus' words to his followers. How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. This year is the year of the Bible. We've been talking about that. We read through the Bible. Um, We have, shameless plug here, we have so many small groups right now going through Immerse, going through the Immerse Bible. Uh, This is a year, this is the year to get in God's word. If you aren't in God's word, I would encourage you to plug into one of those groups and, and dig in. But this is the year of the Bible, and that's what Jesus does. He opens up God's word to them. He goes, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. So pray for us. Pray for us to have ears to hear the Lord. Praise God for all the people reading the Bible right now. Pray that people would believe the words they read. Pray Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So let's take a minute and pray that prayer right now. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Now, this is the conversation I would have loved to have heard. To have Jesus open up the scriptures and walk all the way through the Old Testament, explaining how it all ties and points to him. 
I would love to have heard that. We've been going through Exodus, and Kevin has been walking us through that, and we talked about the Passover and all the symbolism, the fact that Jesus died during Passover, that he died as the sacrificial lamb, the blood on the doorpost. That's only the beginning. And it goes through the whole scripture, and Jesus opens it, and and we get one little glimpse of what that could have looked like. Earlier on in the book of Luke, In Luke chapter 4, Jesus sits down in the synagogue and he opens the scroll of Isaiah and he reads this. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he closes it and he says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your presence. And so that's where I want us to focus our next prayer time. Pray with me for an outpouring of God's spirit on us all. Pray that we would experience his presence in a way that it is impossible to deny. So let's take a minute and pray. And at the end of the story, Jesus breaks bread and he gives it to him. And it says, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And so I'm going to lead us in one last prayer time. Then I'll close us in prayer um, uh, for my section here. I'll close Uh, But pray this, pray for our hearts to burn within us. Pray that we would bring the love of Christ with us wherever we may go. Father God, we pray that our hearts would burn within us. God, we pray that we would encounter you on our own road. God, we pray that your word would not return void. God, we pray for an outpouring of your spirit. In your name, amen. I was so excited when I heard that Bruce had picked that scripture in Luke 24, because it's always been one of my favorite scriptures as well. Because you notice that it was as they were walking on the road and talking to Jesus and he was opening up the scriptures to them that they said later on that their hearts had burned within them. And to me that just speaks of prayer. It's walking and talking with Jesus, allowing him to open up the scriptures to us. And when he does that, there are times when our hearts do burn within us or maybe our heart starts feeling like it's going to burst out of our chest, or maybe we just feel led to pray. Um, It's just, when Jesus does that, it affects us. There is something that happens, and out of that, we can pray. And maybe maybe your heart hasn't burned within you, but maybe you just had a sense of God's presence around you when you've been praying or reading scripture. 
he wants to fill us. He wants to reveal himself to us. And it's in those times when we're quiet and we're listening that God speaks. Romans 8, verses 14 through 15 say, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. And some translations actually say, Daddy. And My dad uh, was an orphan. And he was abandoned at a young age. And it really affected him his whole life. He died when he was 88 years old. But that sense of not having a, a family or a father, it just it just stayed with him. It was something he could never really shake. He never felt like a child of God or a child with a real father. But there's something in the scripture about the intimacy of us being able to say, Daddy, to our Father in heaven, that we truly are the children of God. And even Jesus, when he taught the disciples how to pray, he said, Our Father. He knew he was a son of God, but he included us in that, saying we, too, are God's children. Let's pray using that image, and let's ask that the Holy Spirit would make God's fatherhood real to us in our innermost being, that we would know that we are perfectly loved children of God. Let's take a moment to pray that together. Because we are children of God, we are further equipped by the Holy Spirit who helps us pray with God's perfect will. And our hearts sometimes burn within us because the Holy Spirit is actually praying through us. We can ask him to do that. If we don't know how or what to pray, God's Spirit can pray on our behalf. It's like the Holy Spirit is actually carrying us in prayer. Romans eight twenty six through 27 says, And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. Another translation says groanings too deep for words. Some of my deepest prayers have been when I had no words at all. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. And I love that we have a destiny that matches God's plan for us. And we can pray knowing that we are praying in God's will because we've asked the Spirit to pray through us. We can pray for our destiny, and we can also pray for the destiny of this church. Our church family, all of us together have a destiny. There's a reason that the Holy Spirit has us right now in the West Metro, each of us in the home that we're in, in the family that we're in, in the jobs that we're in, in the neighborhoods. There's a reason we're here and that God wants to move in and through us. Let's take another moment to ask the Holy Spirit to guide our prayers 
so that we would be able to pray in perfect harmony with God's plan for our destiny and the destiny of this church family. Let's pray together. At the beginning of this year, we took time and fasted and prayed and read the scriptures from beginning to end right here in the sanctuary. And none of us knew that just three months later, we would start meeting like this with nobody in the sanctuary and just very few people participating in the actual service. And I actually left the country on Sunday night, March 8th, and planned to be gone for three weeks. And so because I lead the team that plans the services, we had actually planned all the services when I was going to be gone and through Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter. And we were excited to just watch it unfold. But just shortly after I got to South Africa, everything started falling apart. And I actually had to come home early. The first service when I was gone was actually an online service because... There was no gatherings, over 250 people allowed. I returned home, and I needed to be on quarantine for two weeks because I had been gone. And so the following two Sundays, again, they were just online services. We had to learn how to do a lot of things differently. And it was just it was an unusual time, and none of us know when it's going to go back to the original way that it has been. And even though we've been surprised by all these changes, I can't help but think back to when we read the scriptures here aloud in the sanctuary and we were fasting and praying. Because so many people said that they read scriptures that spoke directly to their heart. We had people that were in tears as they read the scriptures because it was just so impactful that they just felt like God was speaking directly to them. I think because we have a Heavenly Father and we are his children, he was already preparing us. He was preparing our hearts for what he wanted to do in us in these coming months. And we just started asking, we started asking the question, God, what's next? What's next? Well, one of the things that's next is that on Wednesday, March or May 6th, usually we pray from 6 to 7 in the morning right down here in the sanctuary, and there's probably 20 of us that meet and pray. But this Wednesday, March 6th, we're actually going to pray for 24 hours until 6 a.m. the next morning. And we're going to pray in groups of three on Zoom calls. And you can sign up for that on the app or on the online on our church uh, website. And if there's more than three people that want to pray, that's just great. Just email me or, or call the church and we'll get the Zoom link out to you so you can pray at whatever time you're available. But we're also going to try to join with 31 other churches so that the whole month of May is covered in 24-7 prayer. So that we're praying one day and other churches are praying others, other days, but we're covering the whole month in prayer. And we want to still be listening. And as Jesus' body here on earth, we want to be listening and let our hearts burn within us. We want to follow whatever God is asking us to do. I want to close by reading Romans 8, 18 through 24. I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. 
The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery, to decay, and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. To this day, we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation, as if it were in the contractions of labor for childbirth. And it's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters. What's next for the church? Uh, Schools are closed. Unemployment continues to rise. We have loved ones that are risking their uh, safety. They're on the front lines, uh, safety and health for others, for us. So we can ask the question, why? Why, God? After Jesus' death and the empty tomb, we can see the disciples are starting to put it all together. They've been asking the why questions. And we want to end this morning with continuing the timeline from Good Friday to Easter to the Ascension. So we're going to read out of Acts chapter 1, 1 through 8, to the ends of the world. Dear Theopolis, in the first volume of this book, I wrote on everything that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he said goodbye to the apostles, the ones he had chosen chosen through the Holy Spirit and was taken up to heaven. After his death, he presented himself alive to them in many different settings over a period of 40 days. In face-to-face meetings, he talked to them about things concerning the kingdom of God. As they met and ate meals together, he told them that they were on no account to leave Jerusalem, but must wait for what the Father had promised. The promise you heard from me, John baptized in water, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and soon. When they were together for the last time, they asked, Master, are you going to restore the kingdom uh, to Israel now? Is this the time? He told them, you do not get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. What you'll get is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes to me, to you, you'll be able to be my witness, witnesses in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. These were his last words. As they watched, he was taken up and disappeared in a cloud. They stood there staring into the empty sky. Suddenly two men appeared in white robes. They said, you Galileans, why are you just, why do you just stand there, stand here looking up at an empty sky? This very Jesus who was taken up from among you to heaven will come as certainly and mysteriously as he left. This is uh, the ascension. After Christ's crucifixion, God exalts Jesus as raising him first of the dead. The book of Acts was written by Luke and is meant to give an accurate report to what happens to the church. This is um, Acts chapter 1. And then what do we see in Acts chapter 2? There's an explosion of the gospel. The um, disciples are praying, they're fasting, they're waiting for God, they're in Jerusalem. And then what happens? Thousands of followers of Jesus instantly, and his disciples are baptized in power, in fire. It's beautiful. They're baptized by the Holy Spirit. It's what we call Pentecost. The helper Jesus promised in John 14. So as we... Uh, focus our prayer thoughts. I think um, for me, with the ambiguity of COVID and all the nuanced questions um, 
that have come up, um, just there's an uncertainty. And when I think about uh, my faith, I think the things that um, are in my heart are, do I really trust that God has good plans? They're for my benefit, even during um, all this, particularly when I don't have control. So for me, it's control. It's easy for me to have trust when uh, I can control everything, but now there's so many things there of our controls. So um, as we uh, come to our last prayer time, uh, let's let's pray for um, Holy Spirit. Uh, he He is working and ways to partner with him. There's some really exciting things uh, happening, um, and we're going to talk about some of those things. But our job is just to partner with the Holy Spirit and see the pockets of energy where he's working and uh, and move with him. So let's pray uh, for quiet hearts. Let's pray for um, hope, and let's pray for uh, more trust. Father, we do, we do trust you. We love you. We give ourselves, we give our church to you. Amen. Things are upside down. Pandemic. Good Friday and Easter seemed this year more like a benchmark for the corporate church. But I think that was a good thing. It was a good Lenten season. It was a good weekend. Uh, corporately, we were talking about what's next as a church. Um, we're witnessing the time leading up to the ascension when Jesus returns to heaven and gives these beautiful words out of Acts, face-to-face meetings with his disciples, and then in Acts chapter 2. The next thing that uh, we're preparing for as a corporate church is Pentecost. This year it's on uh, May 31st, and we're praying that as Wyzetta and as churches around the Twin Cities and even as a global church, um, that we're anointed, that we're anointed with the Holy Spirit. Um, in the last couple of years, we've had a serve day uh, that's uh, happened um, in the spring, in May, and the idea is that on a Sunday morning, we go out, uh, partner with the community, add value, do service projects, um, and let the community know that we love them. We have some great uh, nonprofits, and we partner with the city and schools as well. This year, that would have uh, fallen on May 31st. So as we've been praying about it, um, what how this will look differently, I think... Uh, we want to change our focus more to a serve month instead of just uh, just one day. We've been brainstorming how to have like real practical, tangible ways for us to serve together but still keep the six feet, the COVID. So we have two uh, serve opportunities that we have uh, want to focus on for uh, this May. The first one is a spiritual gifts class. Uh, we ran uh, this class a couple years ago. Christina Dunawin uh, came up with... Um, uh, excellent assessment. We have uh, Susan Lunn that uh, has some excellent content. You see there, here's her, her bio. She's actually put a lot of work into this uh, to transfer it online, so she'll facilitate uh, that online. If you want to grow spiritually, make an impact for Christ, join us in May as we discover, develop, design, align our spiritual gifts as individuals, as small groups, and a church body. We'll learn what spiritual gifts are, why they're important, how to develop them, and be all God wants us to be. So the idea behind spiritual gifts course is you go in, find out how you're gifted, and then find ways to plug into church community. It's a, it's a great context, so um, check that out during the month of May. Also, beginning May 1st, um, 
we've been thinking about uh, how to serve and asking the questions, who's the most vulnerable at this time? Who's the most marginalized? And it's, uh, it's kids. So um, month of May, we are going to do a serve month. Uh, we're going to do a food drive. It's more than a food drive because uh, we have some community partners that um, have other things that we're going to do, and we're going to talk about who we're partnering with. But we want our church... Um, we were looking for ways to us engage as Wyzetta, and also facilitate a way for us, for you to engage with your community, uh, with your neighbors. So we have food drive slash a couple other items that we're going to do be doing in May. Encourage you to get uh, your neighbors and friends involved. Invite them to leave items for pickup at designated time by you or at your home safely. Uh, if you need help with larger collections, just please let us know. This is an opportunity. I think God closed the church doors so that we can go out into the community. It's a calling to add value, and I think this is great. For us, the rest of us, we'll be dropping off um, items here at Wyzetta. We'll sort them. Um, when this goes live in May, you'll be able to get uh, details, uh, instructions, step-by-step, super clear, super easy. Each nonprofit has a very specific shopping list, so you're not guessing when you go out, but you shop. Um, and then I just want to tell you who we're partnering with as uh, nonprofits. Well, first, uh, Mobile Hope, Brian and Jill uh, Dijewski. They're from Wyzetta. We love them. Uh, they live out in Maple Hope or Maple Hill. And the Maple Hope uh, Ministry provides on-site direct services, resources for the residents and mobile home parks that they serve. Um, they want to break the generational cycle of poverty. Uh, we're going to partner with them. They have a basket of hope that we're going to bless their community with. You'll get instructions on how to shop and put those together. The next uh, nonprofit we're going to um, partner with, uh, New Life Family Services. Uh, this is a blurb as from a description. At New Life Family Services, we compassionately open our doors and hearts to women and men who believe abortion is the only solution to an unplanned pregnancy. Through practical and spiritual counsel, we provide education and support with the hope each client will make a life-affirming decision for their unborn child. So obviously they have a lot of uh, infant needs, uh, diapers, strollers, things like that. Um, so uh, check out their list too. And then the last one we're partnering with is the Sheridan story. Uh, more than 200 thousand children in Minnesota live with food insecurities. Uh, Sheridan Story has become one of the major distributors uh, throughout this uh, time of crisis. We partnered with them right before uh, all this happened. We did a food packing here at Wyzetta on Sunday, and we had 12,000 meals go out. These meals go to our school families in our local school districts. And if we're feeling this, um, if financially we're feeling this, if um, things are ambiguous for us, imagine for a marginalized family, someone that relies on this as their uh, budget, their weekly budget, uh, meals, and where they're going to come up. So, uh, again, Sheridan Story has a very specific um, list to go out, um, buy, and then we'll uh, we'll bless uh, bless these uh, nonprofits, these ministries that we're working with. Bruce, uh, tell us what's going to happen in May because we also have a text um, where you get the instructions for this. 
Yeah, so the same number that you text connecting to to start the service, the same number that you text the word give to to give to the church and to give to Teen Challenge this morning. Uh, we're going to have a keyword in May that you can text and you'll get information for these various products, projects um, with the shopping lists and how to buy them and how to put them together and where to deliver them to. So we'll get that out to you in May. We'll e-blast it out. With the spiritual gifts, um, that'll be e-blasted out. That'll be communicated as well to all the small group leaders, how to get involved in that class, to take your small group through the spiritual gifts inventory, all that kind of stuff. When we get to May, we will push that information, um, but save that texting number. Save that office number as a texting number as well, because again, you can text connecting every Sunday morning. You can text give, and then we'll get other keywords for you in May when we kick off these service uh, projects. And then, like I said, you'll text it and immediately get a, a list of things um, to buy and how to put it together and how to deliver it um, and where to deliver it to. Thank you very much. So let's close. Uh, we're going to read from Ezekiel 37. Breath of life. God grabbed me. God's spirit took hold of me and sent me down in the middle of an open plain strewn with bones. He led me around and among them. A lot of bones. They were bones all over the plain. Dry bones. Bleach bones. He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, master God, only you know that. He said to me, Prophesy over these bones, dry bones. Listen to the message of God. God, the master, told the dry bones, watch this. I'm bringing the breath of life to you, and you will come to life. I'll attach sinews to you, put meat on your bones, cover you with skin, and breathe life into you. You'll come alive, and you'll realize that I am God.